Week five was another tough one for us fantasy football owners. Whether you were able to survive getting a bad performance from Eli Manning or Ben Roethlisberger, or you were able to endure a monster performance from Melvin Gordon or Carson Wentz, you still had to avoid the injury bug with Odell Beckham, Devin Funches, and pretty much everyone on Houston's defense. So the big question is, where do we go from here? We're about to tell you. Heroes and losers of week five coming up right now. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up The Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up The Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. For your week five preview, uh, or sorry, your week five recap. Uh, It kind of still feels like it's a preview, though, because it took a while for a lot of these games to get going this week. Uh, Scott, you and I were watching most of the slate together. It was just kind of like a... When is this going to get fun? I texted Tom, I think, midway through the 1 o'clock games, and I said, dude, every team sucks. And he was like, don't worry, there's another half. I was like, no, every team in the NFL sucks. (laughs) I I remember, you know what, I kind of, I remember, I felt like this, like, right around this time last year. And then we ended up getting a really good finish to the season. So I'm hoping uh, that that's coming in. Um, You know, we got one more game tonight, Minnesota against uh, Trubisky and the Bears. So, you know, something left to... Um, inspire hope, I suppose. Uh, but for those of you who need some hope, we're going to be uh, recapping our waiver wire heroes of the week. We will be getting to our uh, interview with Tana Montana 100 from our Internet Celeb League. We've got her coming 100. up at the end of the show. Yeah, she keep, and that's what she keeps it too. I was uh, going through some of her videos today. Um, but first, I I hate that we start with this, but I think it's also like hilarious that we do losers, losers. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. So let's get to our losers of the week. Um, it was a week full of options for losers of the yeah, week. Yeah, there were plenty. Uh, of we could have had a guy go, go back to back, uh, but yeah. I chose not to be a jerk and That's didn't nice pick Amari Cooper. But I could have. <laughs> and now that I've mentioned him, it pretty much puts him in the category. Scott, who did you have as your loser of the week? Well, my loser of the week didn't really have to do with his performance because I thought that Eli Manning actually played pretty well in the game that. He played against the Chargers, but he has to be the biggest loser. He lost everything. He lost his everything. He lost Brandon Marshall. He lost Sterling Shepard. He's the biggest loser just off of the word lose. He's lost every game. He's the biggest loser. They're going to go 0-7. I was tweeting it out because they get Denver on the road. Coming off a bye. Coming off a bye. And then they have Seattle coming to Uh. uh, the Meadowlands. But then they get a bye. And after that bye, the Giants season will turn around. They'll get one or two. <laughs> I'm just joking, actually. It's not going <laughs> to turn around. Um, the the one thing I'm worried about with Eli is his, uh, his like, perfect attendance record. Because what, what's he playing for now? I think yeah. he's just playing for that now. I was I, I, know. I was talking to my dad about that earlier. You know, and it's like... I was like, you think they'll go just full nuclear? And I was like, no, Eli's going to try and get that consecutive game streak going. So for his case, I hope he gets a minor injury like someone breaks his toe or something, and he just has well, to get Well, you know out. I'm hoping for that. And he just went in to get x-rays. Geno Smith time, baby. Um, Eli went in and got x-rays on his neck after the game yesterday. Oh, did he? So, yeah, because he got kneed that. in the back of the head, in the back in his neck area uh, by his own teammate. It made Peyton better. It, yeah, <laughs> it got Peyton to another Super Bowl. I, wow, um, I didn't um, even think about I'm that. I'm going to go with a quarterback. Um, 
I was going to – actually, you know what? I'll give Big Ben a rest here. He's a huge loser this week. There's no doubt about it. Yes. But I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Martavis Bryant is a big-time loser lately. I mean, I cannot start this guy with confidence. There's these two long bombs that he didn't haul in. And he can't be a winner without Ben Roethlisberger hitting him. And I'm talking about those two bombs. They were in other games. So you're just waiting, like ticking time bomb situation where you want him to have that breakout game. But it can't happen with quarterback quarterback play like this. No, no doubt. I agree. It's it's looking so ugly for Big Ben. And obviously, the residual effect is not going to go to always open Antonio Brown and complete workhorse Le'Veon. It's going to fall toward these guys who... Uh, are like Martavis Bryant and Jesse James yeah, who are exactly. really going to struggle. Uh, Antonio Brown, their little spat seemed to be resolved. He got a million targets. 19. Yeah. and Exact. Um, Martavis had five catches. So did the Jags from Big Ben. So <laughs> he's getting equal share as the defense that he's playing. And how many pass – you know, Ben had how many pass attempts? Exactly. You know, he threw, Too many. He threw the whole game. You know, the Jags, they have the number one – Pass defense, the number 32 rush defense. Le'Veon Bell gets 15 carries and Big Ben attempts 55 passes. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, and this is this is what we get from Ben Roethlisberger. Like we get one of these games from Big Ben a year, right, Where he but, is the loser of the week, right? But you never expected it when you were drafting him. When we warned you against drafting him, when you were looking at his schedule and you saw, yeah, but week five he's got Jacksonville at home. Oh. He's gonna go off that week, right? Well, yeah, last, not the case. Last year, week six or seven at home against the Dolphins, who were who were kind of sputtering at the time, and then the I mean the defense didn't help him in that game. That was one of JJ. 200 yard games but still like you know well this Steelers team, basically was a jai this week exactly <laughs> you're right and so you know this Steelers team it's like you said Scott it just seems like every team stinks and Done. it's not even like we have the Patriots you got a big stupid loser to mention I do uh it's Carlos Hyde uh, I was almost gonna do Carlos Hyde. I know I you know what I was like I put Hyde in our little uh in our sheet mm-hmm. our, our show prep sheet and I was like I wanted to do Ben but I was like no Tom will do Ben but you actually had a great one with Martavis as well because I haven't even really been thinking about him. But Hyde might have nobody well, has. Hyde's Sadly, a loser. I this, have yeah. been worrying about him. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos Hyde is a loser this week because he lost his job at the end of that Colts game. He got out touched, out snapped by Matt Breida. Wasn't due to injury. Well, Kyle Shanahan just to, said they were kind of riding the hot hand there. But to a degree, he's he's got yes. a little bit of a. Uh, oh, he's uh, much more banged up than Breida for sure. Yeah, and, and what like initially started it was what the 49ers were calling a hip aggravation. Hip. Yeah. So he goes in and you know he just goes blank for like two quarters and then comes back in the fourth quarter. It's so unfortunate because he's playing so well. But I agree he. He, this was a, a a loser week, not only just for his week, but it it could be moving down the line as you know the 49ers just really aren't going to win many games, and beating Hyde up for nothing doesn't seem like a reasonable thing to do. It just doesn't. We didn't see this possibility from the first four weeks of the season, and that's why it's so aggravating yeah. that they would be willing to go to Brita, who really wasn't much more effective than Hyde was anyway. So now that we've got Dude, Hyde's that, been one of the best running backs in the league yeah. before this week, and then yeah. they just loser him. He yeah. nuked my fan duel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you were looking at that matchup like, oh, here's 20. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, thought it was a, a great one for yeah. him, actually, especially with all the pass catching he's been doing. But I think this actually serves as a good opportunity to transition into the next segment. 
if we're talking about maybe picking up Mr. Matt Breda. Well, yeah, Matt Breda is one of our... Heroes of the week. Let's get to it. Um, we've got a lot of. We actually have them. Um, I kind of separated our waiver wire heroes into categories. Um, Which we're going to start I with. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we're going to start with guys good. who are who are now officially on our radar, and we're going to get to guys who weren't who we took off of our radar, but now are kind of creeping back in. And then we'll finish it up with guys who we tried to warn you were going to play well, and then they played well, and then you didn't pick them up because you don't want to listen to us, and then you look dumb. Right. But so, anyway. So we could start with Breda then? Yeah, for, go for it. Um, you know, he's worth an ad. I think that's the most important thing, uh, especially if you're a hide owner. I am in two leagues, so I'll be hitting the waiver wire hard for Breda. Uh, I wouldn't get too excited yet, though, because like we said, it was a, a hip issue that flared up for Hyde. I still believe that he can get right, but I think Breda might be a the kind of guy that you need to have as a handcuff. Absolutely. I think that, you know, it's he's a threat now. And if Hyde's going to miss an extended period of time, it's going to be Breida's backfield. And right. so if you can get him as your Hyde backup, if you've got roster space, I think you need to do that. Let's keep with running backs because one who burst onto the scene made the most of an opportunity, and we didn't even mention him in the Week 5 preview because we were so confident that Ty Montgomery was coming back. But Aaron Jones may have seized control of the Packers' backfield at the very least until Montgomery is 100% healthy. Right, and I think that uh, what happened this week showed the Packers that they don't need to just keep uh, Ty Montgomery on the field for 90% of the snaps. So even if Ty Mont comes back, I still think Aaron Jones is going to be an asset, another guy like Breeden, an asset worth holding on your team, worth a waiver claim, no doubt. Yeah, those guys are especially important because the person in front of them is dealing with injury right. or is, is known to deal with injury. Another guy like Marlon Mack. Yep. Um, Frank Gore's like the opposite. He's like a tank. You know, yeah. like he's not going to go down easy. He gets the veteran treatment. So it's, it's, it's more... Um, if you don't own the guys ahead, it's more strategic to get the guys who are behind those injury-prone guys than to maybe hang on to someone or try to get someone like Marlon Mack. I think Marlon also had a great day. Yeah, but I think he also benefited from a great matchup too. Absolutely. And I don't know if Marlon Mack is just going to be churning like he was against other teams in the league. Yeah. So I think that it will lead more toward Rocksteady Gore. He's like a a, a deep league. You know, if you're in a very crowded standard league, 12 man, like that's he's, a place where you'd. He's the kind of guy, not to get too far off topic, but, you know, he's the kind of guy I might stash on my team and look at as a possible keeper going into next year because he has looked really good and it seems like he's going to be a dual threat back. But for now, just worth a waiver claim and a stash. Yeah, not, not a very heavy running back injury week either. So it's not like we have guys on our rosters that we can drop, but certainly Matt, Mac, worth a look if you have a spot. Brita and Jones, I think you can try to make a spot for those two, especially if you're a Ty Montgomery or Carlos Hyde owner. Let's move on now. Let's get some receivers involved here. Um, you know, the Giants is, you know, they got destroyed with injuries. Um, Roger yeah. Lewis be becomes the only healthy guy remaining. Sterling Shepard week to week. Brandon Marshall day to day, week to week. Odell Beckham. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I, I'm not even say a huge what you fan, will. but it was, it was even... Yeah. Depressing and disgusting yeah. for me to watch. Say what you will about the antics, and much can be said about it, but he's a phenomenal football player. He's one of the most exciting, best, most talented players in the league. You never want to see guys go out like that, especially the injury was gross, and you just hope that he gets better. But as fantasy players, we got to move on. 
Roger Lewis, I think, becomes a must-add, whether you had Shepard, Marshall, or Beckham, or even if you don't have either yeah, of them I and think, you just want a piece of the pie, you know, because he's about to get a large piece of it. I think yep. he's the de facto one now, really, uh, for that team. He was succeeding to a degree even with that cast of characters already around. Yep. So I have a bit of confidence in him. I don't, like, think he's, you know plug him in every week. I mean, like I was saying, they get Denver, they get Seattle, then a bye. So if you actually wanted to cool your jets on this one and wait to add this guy or don't add him at all, it's totally fine with me because um, he's probably going to get dropped again over this period of time that you have to wait through. I bet they signed Victor Cruz. I know Twitter was going crazy oh, saying yeah. that. And I, I mean, they, I, it they kind of cooled off. They kind of cooled off it a little bit. They were like, a lot of things can happen in this world, is what they said. But we're not really looking at Victor Cruz right now, which basically means like the next two guys we sign could get hurt too, and then we'll get Victor Cruz. Well, Victor Cruz will just get hurt if you yeah. sign So that's that. That's kind of the struggle there too. And then they got to pay another injured guy. And yeah, the yeah. other guy to to look at is uh, Travis Rudolph. He was just uh, upgraded off the practice squad. Um, three-year starter at Florida State and was very productive, had at least seven, like six or seven touchdowns every year of his career. Um, also a return guy too, which he'll probably take over for Dwan Harris because uh, he also got hurt, which we <laughs> forgot to mention at the beginning of this Giants ramble. Uh, Travis Rudolph, under, underneath guy, kick return guy, quick uh, quick type of route. Guy. And if his name sounds familiar, this is the guy at Florida State who was visiting a school, ended up sitting with a boy who had sat at lunch on his own the whole time and you know sparked a nice friendship it was a great espn puff piece yeah he's Very a cool he's story. a fan favorite a with guy. the giants so um it w- it'll be interesting to see how he's able yeah. to if he can have that victor cruz like escalation yeah. into a good season so from learn the, how to salsa yeah <laughs> so from the negatives of the giant situation to the positives of the team that beat them the la chargers situation they're getting mike williams back this week he's probably unowned in 99% of leagues. So the big question is, do you want to add him yet? I think you do based off of just the fact that he's on the chargers and they have such a high pass volume, but I don't really see, I see him doing more damage to a guy that we really liked at the beginning of the year and Tyrell Williams and damage to Travis Benjamin more than him, like really building up his own stock. And Hunter Henry looked really good this weekend. And you know, he, his, snap percentage vastly outnumbered Antonio Gates's. We may have seen a changing of the guard at tight end. And if that is the case, then Henry looks to be more involved in the pass game. And we saw how much the Chargers rode Melvin Gordon. So, you know, I hope Mike Williams comes in and I hope he plays really well, but he's in a situation where he's what the fifth or sixth mouth to be fed. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one for me. The only thing that drives my, my likes of, or, you know, the positivity for him is like, they they use such a high pick on him and then they didn't put him on the IR designation. So they've been trying to get him back before that deadline anyway and they were confident that they could do so and the fact that they didn't put him on it means that they want him out on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he I, I just hope that he doesn't have, you know, another three weeks of practice. It's not one of those injuries where he still has another three weeks of practice before he actually starts to get a, a snap share that's worth owning. Well, because then they should have put that desi- designation on him as well. Right, yeah. So let's move on now to some tight ends. Um, you know, tight end is such a fluky position. It's a very touchdown-dependent position. 
But we've got guys like Jimmy Graham, guys like Tyler Eifert, who's hurt, Jack Doyle, who's hurt, and, you know, a lot of tight ends coming up with their buys. So we need a fill-in, and we need a guy who we can play in a plus matchup. And we think we found three for you here, one of them being Tom, a guy that you hinted might have a pretty good game uh, in the Week 5 preview, George Kittle from the San Francisco 49ers. I hang out in that tight end garbage. (laughs) I speak their language, man. But uh, I think that was just more of a good matchup. Um, I also anticipated Goodwin to not play because he yeah. was in the concussion protocol. And he played and he went played off. and went off. Uh, Pierre Garçon still kept me afloat with the plum pick, which I, I did appreciate that. Thanks, Pierre. Good but job. George Kittle, he did look good. He also dropped one in the end zone. So the fact that he's getting these red zone targets is is really good because yeah. so that's his upside and that's the upside of tight ends that you look for anyway. So granted, this was a good matchup. I don't think he's going to become an every week tight end starter. It's a Shanahan offense. You see. You know, it's almost like if you're starting Tammy of last year, yeah, kind of thing. With the right matchup, go ahead and start. Could Tammy. be a touchdown or two. Yeah, with the wrong, could with be the wrong, two catches. Could be two targets even. Yeah, <laughs> zero yeah. catches or something like that. So that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of comparison I really wanted to make on him. But the fact that he's getting those red zone targets is big because Pierre Garçon is a you know reception monster kind of guy. He's good in the red zone, sure, but he's that's not where he's made his right. hay. Um, Marquise Goodwin is a Nine Very route. small, too. Yeah, big uh, streak down the field kind of guy. So he fits the the role that is missing, kind of. Yep. But that's the extent of it. I think he's Jacob Tammy. From a guy who could have scored two touchdowns to a guy who actually did, we've also got Daniel Fells from Detroit. I like this pick because the number one knock on Eric Ebron is that he fails to convert in the red zone. And Daniel Fells scores two red zone touchdowns for the Lions yesterday in their comeback attempt against Carolina. Ebron can't catch the ball. No, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous how how poor of hands he actually has. Stafford hit him square in the chest on a touchdown that he dropped that it seems like Daniel Fells would have caught if they just merely had him in the starting lineup. So That, that play changed the game, I think, to yeah. a large degree because the, it ruined the momentum that the Lions were trying to build. That yeah. was on their first drive. Exactly. And they were looking like they were world beaters. And I was like, okay, yeah. I yeah. started uh, Matthew Stafford. I was pretty happy about yeah. it. Fast forward, I'm crying. You know, Matthew Stafford's doing horrible. Yep. He bails you out in the fourth quarter with those two touchdowns to Fels, which is great. But it's odd that it happened in such a small time frame. That's what gives me pause about it. Yeah. I I don't think that you're going to see a bunch of waiver claims go crazy for him this week. So I would wait on it. Yeah, I, I think I would too. And uh, you want to get to the last one, which is David Njoku, I'm sure. Nope, right? the, David Njoku's in a different category. I was going to go with Tyler Higby from Los Angeles. Just a guy who's getting some looks and you know definitely maybe won some trust. He caught a long one on that Rams comeback drive attempt at the end of the week last week. And we know Sean McVay's offense – he relied a lot on Jordan Reed when he was in Washington. So, you know, the the Rams are looking for a tight end, and if they think they've got something here with Higby, you might be able to ride that in a, in a plus matchup when you need a bye week fill-in, you know, to keep the ball rolling for your team. Yeah, I think that's just, a name you'll hear more and more of. Go on, yeah, he, he's, um, he's been getting better as the season has been progressing. And, you know, I said it, la- I think maybe last week or two weeks ago, it's the Rams are like mixing and matching who they use in their pass game, I think, based off the opponents that they play. So a team that 
is susceptible to tight ends. Like if the Rams played like the Browns or, you know, maybe like the Jaguars or a team, they play the Jaguars uh, this, this week coming up actually. So maybe, maybe this is a week for Higby Um, because like I said, the Rams McVay has done a good job of utilizing the, the receivers that he wants to use to move the ball. Like this week, nobody really expected a lot of Cooper cup, but Cooper cup ended up having a pretty good game. Uh, Woods seems pretty reliable, but you know, he's had peaks and valleys. You got to be able to figure it, ride that wave. Mixing with them. it up a lot over They're there. They're mixing it up a ton fantasy. in their past game, but I think if there's a, a a good tight end matchup, you can roll Higby out yeah. there. And the one guy that I want to mention, and it's short, it's a one note pitch. Ryan Griffin plays the Browns. Okay. Great call. Keep it in the back of your heads, everybody. Let's move on now to some guys who hadn't been having a great year, but all of a sudden they're kind of back on our radar. We'll start with a guy who probably got dropped. Uh, for a little bit there. Let's go with Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. Um, if I was the Jonathan Stewart owner in like a standard league, I wouldn't be dropping him anytime soon. Maybe yeah. in like PPR, you've seen him fall off to the wayside. But he's another guy like the week to do is my plum pick. I, I believe that was even just week one. Um, when he has a right matchup, he's perfectly startable in any format. Yeah, and, he's he's getting too many carries for me right now to be on the waiver wire. Yeah. Moving on now, Eric Decker seems like he's more involved in the Tennessee offense. So if, you know, someone got a little impatient with him after the first two weeks, he might be a guy who you can look to pick up if you're losing one of these Giants receivers. To me, this is like a speculative ad, and it's based off of Corey Davis. Um, There's been news about his hamstring. It's going to take him, you know, maybe close to two months for him to come back. So Eric Decker really is going to take that second receiver role, you know, by the throat. And I think that that's going to lead to eventually him getting some numbers. And with these bye weeks coming up, I think he could be in a good spot where you can spot start him. He's one of our guys. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's an underrated type asset. I'd like to see more of it first. And I'd like to see Mariota back before I was going to throw him into my starting lineup. Mariota has already been ruled a game time decision for their Monday night game against the Colts. This uh, for week six, so just you know, I, I don't think you can count on him for week six in fantasy, especially if Monday you know, night you can't That's get a, yeah. Castle you know the, or you know set. the NFL schedulers are pumped when they scheduled Titans Colts and we're expecting Andrew Luck versus Mariota, and now they get Brissett. And well, you know, it's not the worst thing if you wanted to try to if you had Mariota, you'd have to roster Brissett. Yeah, yeah. So moving on now, we talked about the two Rams receivers. Um, the Mule, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. If the Jags are playing an elite-level cornerback like a Patrick Peterson, like a Richard Sherman, like a Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye next week, they are not going to force the ball to Sammy Watkins. No catches on four targets yesterday. You know, they just want to get through the middle of the field with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, and with Tyler Higby, possibly for next week. So, you got to be looking out for those guys. I think specifically Woods because I think Cooper Cup, he got the touchdown week one. I think he ended up looking, you know, like a big waiver wire ad week one. So a lot of guys might still have him. So you might want to take a look at uh, Woods as well. Moving on now, Mike Wallace, um, three targets, three catches, 133 yards. Could he possibly be finding his way back into the Baltimore offense? I never fully counted him out. My opinion on those guys has always been him and Macklin has always just been matchup dependent. Mike Wallace is a guy who can just show up like that out of nowhere, but in the right matchup, that's the only time I I'm bothering with them. Yeah. Mike yeah, Wallace that, a better standard play 
than a PPR play. That was like one of his few matchups this year was Oakland, and he burned him for, you know, he still wasn't really even getting that big of a target share, which is discouraging, I think. You know, so what you're hoping for a one bomb basically and and luckily Macklin was was I'm sorry uh Wallace not Macklin was fortunate enough to get you two deep balls this week but on three targets you know that that's not something that I can really rely on I I get where it's coming from but Mike Wallace I think I would I would chill on absolutely Flacco's been too bad chill bra how Super much chill. do we put into the explosion game from Ed Dixon that we got yesterday honestly I don't put, circumstantial I, I I can't put too much into it I mean, it's just tough because he got a lot of those yards on, like, fluky missed coverages. And I don't know how. Yeah, two of them, basically. Um, And he had 120 of his 130 yards. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) Interesting to note, though, Devin Funches did leave that game with an injury. So if he's out, then the burden then falls on Kelvin Benjamin and Ed Dixon to pick up the slack. Uh, Jared Cook, I think, was on our list for whatever reason. I, it wasn't me who put him there. It was me, and it's because of target share, quite simply. He's, he's running very meaningful routes. Yeah, and he's still getting, you know, six to eight targets a game in that Oakland offense. You know, EJ Manuel didn't look completely inept against what I think is a pretty good Ravens defense. So I think moving forward, even if he has to start, that. Jared Cook is a is a playable option at this tight end because it's so messy. But I also do believe Derek Carr is going to be back next week. Yeah, they're using much more than they use like Walford or anyone in the past. No doubt. All right. So and just to run through some guys that we told you to pick up before last week, and now you're hopefully going to be part of a mad dash to get them. Will Fuller, two touchdowns last night. Looked awesome again. Four touchdowns in two games. Could have had another one on a punt return where he actually got face-masked by the punter. Um, Devin Funches, we tried to tell you, he's pretty much the number one receiver for the Panthers right now. Yes, he's hurt, so maybe that takes some attention off of him on the waiver wire. Might be worth an ad if he's still out there. Andre Ellington, he's their starting running back at this point he for looks Arizona. Yeah. Wayne Gallman, 82 total yards. They get him involved in the run. They get him involved in the pass. They should have involved him more on their later drives to salt away the Chargers, but they didn't, and then they lost. Nelson Aguilar, Scott, you've been all over him this year. He looks great again. Scores a beautiful touchdown, one of my favorites of the year so far. And the really offense like, looks great. I really, really like Wentz, and that's kind of why I like Aguilar. And he's going to be a matchup guy, too. He's yeah. going to be one of those guys where if, if there's a team that's exploitable deep, you know, maybe maybe Aguilar is a good start. I think in, in daily fantasy, Aguilar is one of those guys that I'm going to be in that cheap rotation spot, you know, yeah. that cheap flex in DraftKings. I'm going to be looking for him. One We're of those teams. We're going to be talking about all that on Thursday. Definitely. Right. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. And David Njoku, three touchdowns in in five games. Can we get some more targets for this guy? He well, deserves you them. know what? Hogan came in and Hogan went right to him right away. So if Hogan is now going to be the starter, we're still waiting on an announcement. Right. Um, if they're going to make one, uh, to that effect, it would. I think if Hogan is the starter, Injoku does experience a bump. All right. So those are our waiver wire heroes. Let's run down the slate. A, a really messy week, and actually, the Pats Bucks game really started that with what I, we thought was going to be a game in the 30s ends up as a game in the teens. Basically, Brady throws two touchdowns, also turns the ball over twice. You know, do you guys think Winston that, never got it going? Do you guys think that Winston had a bad game, or do you think that New England's defense started to turn a corner a little bit? I think it's a little bit of both, and I think that I'm only saying that because of New England's pedigree that they've typically figured it out when they've had issues on defense. Right. 
But, I mean, it was a tough game for Jameis to just not show up. He missed a lot of throws. He sure did. I, I remember one vividly. Deshaun Jackson was streaking down the sideline, and it was just put it in his hands, and he's going to score, and he missed them. But, you know, I think looking forward, both these teams' offenses are just great for fantasy. Yeah, yeah they're great fantasy offenses. I, literally, we can run right through it. Yep. Jameis, Brady should be owned in every league. Every receiver, basically, that is relevant to those guys should be owned in yep. every league. Yep. Uh, maybe with the exception of Adam Humphreys or whatever. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Doug Martin for oh, um, yeah, way Doug, to step up. Wow. Yeah, we should mention that, Doug Martin. Yeah, it looked and, uh, great. He showed yeah. up in a big way. You should be excited if you've got him. And the Patriots backfield a little bit messy, but it seems n- navigatable. James White, full point PPR. We're He's a must start yeah. at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, Bills Bengals, we got our first Joe Mixon touchdown. So welcome to the NFL to him. His fewest snap percentage since Bill Lazor took over, but I think he was more effective in his opportunities against a tough Bills defense. Well, that's what I liked about it most is that a lot of people were sitting him this week, myself included. I started Doug Martin and Todd Gurley rather than him, right? which, you know, Things you can't in, yeah. really blame me on that one. Nope. But um, it was it was, re- it was really encouraging to see him in like a not-plus matchup still produce. So he's working to be that every week starter in fantasy. With the onset of the new offensive coordinator, Andy Dalton has been ablaze. Yeah, yeah. And note to the Bills, um, don't put your rookie corner on A.J. Green and expect him to not get burned. Like, they gave him no safety help on that touchdown, and Andy Dalton was laughing, basically, as he walked out the field. Like, like okay, that was, like, the easiest touchdown I've ever had. And did Throw he ever need that? Respect on A.J. Green's name. Yeah, Absolutely. he's he's beyond well, a stud. Bills, uh, Scott, you, you tweeted me. You said how— Yeah, let's hear it. I'm interested how to How can I defend Tyrod Taylor now, again? Um, I'm not sure I can. The reason we need to is because Charles Clay left the game. He's going to be missed yeah. multiple weeks. It uh, he got me, his knee scoped today. caused me a loss in the Internet Celebrity League. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely would have had two more receptions for zero yards at least than I would have <laughs> won. Um, but because of that loss, I mean, a huge loss. Yeah, it's there's, it's there's huge. A I think. huge loss because he was their number one uh, receiving target, regardless of the fact that he was a tight end. And the thing that gives me the most pause about Tyrod right now is that he's also not rushing. He's well below his general rushing totals, and his averages have gone from like 38 to yeah. um, down the the pooper. I see a lot of D lines, you know, playing a lot of that like bracketed contain when he goes back to throw, and literally just begging him to throw. He's gonna have nobody to throw to besides Shady. It's it's upsetting because I thought Tyrod was actually playing well this year, and I do think that his play is gonna decline. He's got a bye coming up. Uh, they have a bye this week, so hopefully, you know, they can get right. Maybe they could finally get Zay Jones going. But uh, it, yeah, and he it, looks bad. And looks Jordan bleak. Matthews is really coming back soon. Um, if if there's anything that's gonna, if, the, if there's anything that can save them, it would be him. Right. And without someone that you know off the top of your head, without like googling the Bills roster, they need to have someone out there besides J- Zay Jones to give yeah, me I think, confidence in starting Tyrod Taylor once again. Real quick before we move on from this game, the whoever the backup is for the Bills tight end might actually be worth a look. Oh, it's uh, Leary. He's gotten a, he's gotten a Sean lot Leary? of Yeah, some yeah. <laughs> He's oh, got he's gotten a, a lot of pro, uh, you know. I'll look that, up his that name. position's gotten a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Jets Browns, we got the Safarian Jenkins touchdown we thought. Woo. We got the Duke Johnson touchdown that we expected. You know, we thought this would be a crowd game, but <laughs> 
Duke Johnson, I mean, he's he's the best playmaker in the Browns' backfield right now. Deshaun Kaiser benched for Kevin Hogan. So for those of you in those deep two QB leagues, you know, Kaiser's droppable at this point if you have more than three quarterbacks on your roster because we don't know what the Browns are going to look like this week or next week now that they've shown that they've, you know, he got pulled because of migraines in the first game. And the first time he was pulled, he got pulled yesterday because of his ineffectiveness, two turnovers in the red zone. So you can't really count on him. So you just got to be careful with that quarterback situation moving forward for the Browns. For the Jets, Safarian Jenkins is an every week starter at this point. He's consistent where Robbie Anderson is not. So because of that, I do like him. To cover our tracks a little bit here, it's Nick O'Leary. And he did go 5 for 54 on the Bills, which is is noteworthy as a tight end for sure and not even with a full outing so i do like that they have the buy coming up so no need to spend a claim or anything to wrap up jets browns uh Bilal powell left the game with an injury elijah mcguire got 13 touches in his stead we didn't bring up earlier and we should have that's going to be another waiver wire pickup he's going to be heavily involved against the patriots who the jets play in week six Moving forwards, if Bilal Powell can't get back, monitor for Matt the sixth. Forte's status as well because he could uh, play spoiler yep. to that no doubt. theory. Panthers Lions was one of the only uh, non sloppy, entertaining games of the one o'clock slate. Uh, Cam, he's back officially. I think back to back weeks against two strong defenses or two respectable defenses at the very least, getting everyone involved. Christian yep. McCaffrey gets his first touchdown. Finally. Funches gets a touchdown. Kelvin Benjamin gets a touchdown. Ed Dixon gets 170,000 yards. <laughs> and probably still won't be covered next I think, week. I think everyone, um, if anyone is freaking out about their Lions, I think they should just Relax a little bit. Minnesota uh, two weeks ago was a tough matchup. And then Carolina's a tough defense, too. You know, Stafford really salvaged his week late coming back like he always kind of does. But, um, you know, they play New Orleans this week. And although New Orleans is coming off a bye, which, you know, gives me a little pause. They might be a little bit more ready. I expect more of a get-right week for the players that we have grown accustomed to for the Lions. Your Riddick and and your Golden Tate and your Marvin Jones guys like that. Yeah, Stafford did uh, suffer a little bit of an ankle injury, so we'll update you as we hear about it on Thursday. Yep. 49ers Colts, like we said, George Kittle, Carlos Hyde, Matt Breida situation going to be difficult to maneuver. Um, T.Y. Hilton looked pretty good last week, and uh, the Colts get another win that nobody thought they'd get without Andrew Locke. T.Y. really doing his thing. I mean, he's startable. Yeah, he's one of my favorite uh, FanDuel plays right now because obviously all your FanDuel lineups are going to be based off of matchups, and... T.Y.'s price is not going too high because when he's in bad matchups, he gets those games to kind of lower his price a little bit. Absolutely. So it's something that I, I've been exploiting recently. This guy I've been trying to trade for the last couple of weeks, and I think now uh, it's over. It's like I can't get him. Yeah. Titans-Dolphins was one of those ugly games we were talking about. Matt Castle does get the start for Tennessee. Marcus Mariota declared it out right before the game on Sunday. Um, Jay Cutler still looked terrible. The only reason the Dolphins won this game was because they were playing the Titans, who have a bad defense, and were playing their second-string quarterback, who they never imagined would start a game this year. Devontae Parker exits with an injury. Um, It's worth noting that Jarvis Landry got the goal line look because Devontae Parker's replacement is someone who's my height. So (laughs) it's just not going to go to him there, even though they did 
they tried their best at it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably the best throw I've seen Cutler make in a Dolphins uniform you when could, he stuck that one in the land. You could argue that with Devontae Parker out, Julius Thomas becomes a little bit more interesting, but the matchup would have to be right, and Devontae yes. Parker would really have to be out, out, yeah. out. And he's officially day-to-day right now with an ankle sprain. Yeah, I actually expect him to play. Yeah, he uh, there's and there's a good chance that he will. Um, if we're still streaming against... Uh, Jay Cutler, uh, Falcons, worth a, worth a waiver claim. They're off coming buy. off their bye to play at home against Cutler. Very nice. Chargers, Giants. The Giants found another new way to lose this way by giving Shane Vereen two tackles between two carries between the tackles instead of Wayne Gallman, who looked very impressive. Orleans Darkwa exits this game with an injury, and Gallman, like I said, he 82 total yards. He was getting catches out of the backfield. You know, if you started Wayne Gallman on a hunch. Last week, he probably gave you what more than what you expected. So I think, you know, moving forward, the sky's really the limit for this guy, especially with all these pass catchers that we're talking about that the Giants lost. I'm not excited for him, to be honest. I think any Giants running back is um, is, is a tough gambit in fantasy yeah. football. I don't like them. I stay away from them. And Orleans Dark was annoying enough to get back in there after these two tough matchups and that and that bye week. I actually and he did have a twenty three yard touchdown exactly. And I actually think Shane Vereen is a pretty talented runner. Sometimes even between the tackles, where he doesn't get a lot of credit. I think he might actually be the best runner on the roster. And all of those things combined give me no confidence in any of them. Let's move over to the running back on the other side of the ball. Melvin Gordon is completely healthy. Two Welcome t- back. Two touchdowns, averaged five yards a carry. He was averaging like a little bit over three. Um, huge get right game for him. Loved it. He was running wild. He, you know, he had that play where he literally just buried Janoris Jenkins in the ground yeah, on cool. his way to he, a 15 you can yard tell, carry. Like how healthy he was with the aggressiveness in which he was running compared to the last couple weeks where he was kind of like twinkle toeing around instead of really putting his foot in the ground and going yeah. after him, which is that's when he's really at his best. And he did most of his damage through the air, which was actually pretty cool. And it bodes well for yeah. Philip Rivers and uh, yeah. the larger role that we were. He's one of the best receiving backs. He, he doesn't Absolutely. get he gets almost no credit for it, but he really is great out of the backfield. Yep. To catch and that was because he didn't really catch a lot of passes in college because his running mate in college was James White. Right. So. Keenan Allen got shut down, but that's kind of something we were expecting. I still yep. have a uh, huge confidence in Keenan Allen. And they went forward. to the they went to what the Giants' weakness is with the tight ends with Hunter Henry and Melvin Gordon. Cardinals, Eagles, Carson Wentz. It's Week Five. He's officially an MVP candidate for me. He's looked unbelievable, especially against the Cardinals last week. Spoiler alert: I'm going to be talking a lot about him on the next episode. So you don't um, want to go too crazy now? Uh, yeah, we shouldn't go too yeah. crazy. I Everybody gets rates. a touchdown. Trey Burton, Zach Ertz, T- Torrey Smith, and Aguilar. Aguilar. Alshon Dude. Jeffrey got Patrick Peterson as well. Dude, manipulation of the pocket and being able to make multiple level throws is like a huge part of being a great NFL quarterback. And it seems like he's mastered those two things already. I, I said it to Don, and I, I, I thought it was a little premature, but I'm going to stick to it. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's had he a lot runs of when he ha- only when he has to. Yeah, he manipulates the pocket. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's all coming it's, together. It's tough for me to say that because Rodgers is so darn good. But that's really the best comparison, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Also, Tom, we'll, uh, we'll give you your shot to shower some uh, some praise on Carson Wentz next uh, next episode. Arizona Let's, stinks, by the yeah, way. Arizona's terrible. <laughs> They're bad. Um, They're like nuclear <laughs> bad. Thank God they have Larry Fitz to move the ball. Horrible. And Ellington to move the ball. Yeah. Uh, the other receivers, um, you know, John Brown, Jerron Brown, and J.J. Nelson, I think that they're going to 
just be picking at each other the whole year and they're all going to get like five or six targets and it's going to be up to, you know, who you feel down in your plums for who you put in your DFS lineup out of of those receivers. Yeah, I think waiver wire guys that we bring up are offering higher upside than any of those guys. Jags Steelers, we talked about this game a lot. Um, Ben went nuclear. Le'Veon Bell was basically forgotten. Antonio Brown got got the targets he demanded. And now we know how that worked out for them. Um, for the Jags, Leonard Fournette. He's wow. moving the ball for them. He's he's, he's, their everything, whole he's everything you wished for yep. and more. Um, that's really it, man. Blake Bortles attempted him. one pass w- in the second half. Hashtag stats. Wow. One. Really? Well, uh, they weren't on offense a lot because of the two pick sixes that Ben threw. Right. And when they were, you know, after those two pick sixes, it was – 29 or 23 to 9 and, and then, then that was Fournette ripped it. off that and monster and then Fournette had the monster run so he looked fast man yeah. I didn't know he was that fast he just blew away from yeah. everyone um another thing on this game Jags defense weekly starter Absolutely. no matter who they play they're they've shown too much big play yep. potential to not throw them in to the yep. four o'clocks now Seahawks Rams it was an ugly one Tom you'd alluded to it with your Russell Wilson shut it down he does throw a touchdown to Jimmy Graham the Seahawks are now three and two going into their bye and all seems to be okay for them. They could look better, but we say this every year with them. Uh, for the Rams, a bit of a coming down to earth for the offense, but Goff had them in a position to win, and I think that's very encouraging for them going forward. I'll be interested to see what happens with these two teams when they play again later this year. Yeah, and I think we talked a lot about the Rams. The Seahawks' backfield um, is a still mess. a mess. McKissick didn't do anything to clear it up. They're going to have a buy and maybe precise returns on the on the opposite side of that. Now you got so four guys. Yeah, in the mix. it's about to be even messier. You're not happy with any of them, and you should probably be looking elsewhere. All righty. Ravens Raiders. I think we can trust these Raiders options with EJ Manuel until Derek Carr comes back, but you can't really feel any level of confidence with Amari Cooper right now. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you bench Crabtree, you see that he has a good week. And then you go, oh man! But you got to be happy that you have him, and you got to be happy that it worked out with EJ Manuel. That's the lesson to take home. Um, hopefully, whoever you started in his stead did you uh, did you right, did. and you got by. He did not. Oh well, you personally, <laughs> uh, maybe someone else threw in a, a Funchess yeah, or something, that, and that, that and that nice. would have been nice. But it's good to have him. You know, it's good going forward. And Amari Cooper stinks like a piece of poop, and. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> listen, he's one of seven receivers all time to have 2,000-yard seasons, 2,000-yard receiving seasons to open his career. He's talented. It's just I think everything that's going wrong with him right now is between his ears. He has uh, such a low conversion rate to catching targets that come his way that in any format I can't be excited about him. I think he's like he's definitely going to the bench for me. I, I don't own him. But He's been on did, my he, bench in the league that I have him for the last three weeks. I don't blame you whatsoever. All righty. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, how cool was that Cowboys game against the, the Packers? Dak Prescott again. looked almost as good as Aaron Rodgers. He dropped 30, but it wasn't enough for the team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Fantasy and, De- and Devontae Adams, I mean, I, I, I thought off. it was great that he was playing. I was worried. I, and someone actually reached out to us on Twitter like, hey, Devontae Adams is playing. Should I start him at my flex? I was like, 
if you want to go with your gut and play him, like I get it because I thought like him playing, they would reward him with a red zone look. Yeah. I didn't think he would go seven for 66, two touchdowns, including the game winner. Um, awesome story. Great to see him back on the field and playing so well. They're going to need it because Jordy Nelson was sidelined for that last-minute drive with a hamstring injury. We're a little murky on his status for next week, um, and we'll keep you updated on yeah. that, obviously. Moving forward, Aaron Jones we mentioned also. Um, a big-time performance from him. If Montgomery's out again, and now that Aaron Jones played well, he might be, so yeah. that the Packers can rest him up. I mean, he's only be problem worth a with look. Uh, Dak Prescott's game is he scored too fast, man. He <laughs> can't leave Rodgers but a second, or he's gonna burn you. I thought Dak really—that was one of the best games he's played in the NFL, and you know, he looks so good. Yeah. I didn't think he was gonna. I thought there would be a little regression this year, and he's only he's gone up. Progressed. Oh yeah. If anything, um, Chiefs Texans. The Chiefs come out. They. They take this game. They just basically take it. Get well soon, J.J. Watt. Get well soon, Whitney Merciless. The the, uh, Texans announced today both of those guys out for the year. You hate to see it, especially with, you know, how important Watt is to that Houston community with his fundraising efforts for Hurricane Harvey. Um, Kareem Hunt looked great. The only thing he didn't do was score. Alex Smith, three passing touchdowns. One of them maybe one of the cheapest ones I've ever seen uh, on that DeAnthony Thomas play, but looked good. Travis Kelsey left the game with a concussion, something to monitor going forward. It happened late in the first half when the Chiefs had their lead and then he didn't return. So it could have just been, we've got a lead, we don't want to push it, and we've got you know a short week coming up, so maybe they held him out. But something to monitor for the Texans, Deshaun. Yeah, Garbage also, time, Deshaun Watson. Scott, you had went to bed. It was electric. Well, I, in the Internet uh, Celeb League, our most recent interview, Brent, uh, I had Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins against him, and I was down like you know some insane number last night. And then when I woke up this morning, I you know I damn near had a heart attack when when Watson and and Hopkins get me like sixty five between the two of them, and now I'm up thirty, and he has I think he has Cohen left tonight, but the win looks almost in the bag for me because of those two. You know, with the. Injuries on the Texans' defense. Deshaun Watson is about to go nuts. Who does They're, Deshaun Watson get next week? The Browns, the baby. The Browns. And it's only it doesn't matter. Even if they no. play against against good defenses, he's shown he can do it. He's shown he can run. He's shown he can make the throws. Beat the blitz. And that all was, of it, man. He can make the throws. The throw he had on Will Fuller's second that touchdown, the one. long one, was out of this world NFL level. And the only problem that Deshaun Watson had last night, the only reason that he lost that game was simply because the Chiefs had eight drives and scored points on eight drives. It was they they went field goal, field goal, touchdown, 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 field goal, field goal. Yeah. Tyree Kill punt. And Tyree Kill took a punt back. Yeah. So what Which won me a game and I just uh, I'm still riding that high. It probably lost me one. Um but yeah, it's just so great to see Deshaun Watson playing well. I think we're a very pro-Deshaun Watson podcast. Uh, but with that, we're actually going to wrap things up. We've got to swing it to our interview with Tana Montana 100. She is a lifestyle YouTuber who's in our Internet Celebrity League. We're going to talk to her a little bit about her first fantasy football season and how she's feeling about it so far and uh, you know what else goes into the life of a lifestyle YouTube celebrity. So let's kick it to that right now. 
All right, everybody, to wrap up our week five recap, we also have a very special interview with one of our internet celebs from the Internet Celebrity League. You know her on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Her branding is on point and consistent through every social media platform. It's Tana Montana 100. Tana, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. So we are your first fantasy football league. That's correct, right? That is correct. I have never played fantasy football before. I've watched football. I've been to, I went to an actual, I went to a Miami Dolphins game. So that's pretty random, but that's, that's the football game I've been to. I'm sorry to hear that. We actually are uh, <laughs> pretty good friends with some Miami Dolphins fans. So you're not alone. Uh, how's your first <laughs> fantasy football season been going so far? Well, you know, I had some players that I thought were going to do really well, but apparently like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like I, David Johnson, like, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, yeah you that got hurt. A, that hurt. Yeah, you got you got really unlucky with two players who we thought were going to be awesome this year, and Julian Edelman and David Johnson. They both end up getting hurt, um, so it stinks because I feel like every time I've played with someone who has it's been their first year, they've had like some beginner's luck to it. But you just went straight for the heartbreak of fantasy football, and we're really sorry for that. We had no control over it, obviously, <laughs> uh, but we do feel bad about it. And we know exactly how you feel because we've been on the losing end of those types of games over and over, and still will continue to. Yeah, it's tough. Does it inspire you for next year? Are you gonna do some research and get back out there, or are you gonna throw in the towel? See, that's the thing. I mean, I thought I did my research. I I picked players that I had heard their names a lot of a lot of times because obviously that they must be good if I've heard about them. Um, like Marshawn Lynch, like Roethlisberger. I don't know how, to, how you say yep. his name. Roethlisberger. Yeah. I'd heard those names before, so I was like, okay, like I know a little something. But I was hoping for the beginner's luck, but it just didn't didn't come my way. So I think I'm gonna have to throw in the towel on this. I don't think you have to quit yet. I think you could pick up a couple running backs. I'm looking at your squad now. Oh, yeah. There's a couple guys out there you can still get. And I got a couple good quarterbacks. Maybe if you're nice to me, I could trade you one. That was really sweet of you, Scott. I do what I can. All right. So, Tana, you made your name as a lifestyle YouTuber. And I could go into what I think that means, but I'd rather just hear it straight from you. So, what would you? how would you describe your blog to someone who plays fantasy football and maybe doesn't know what a lifestyle youtuber is <laughs> well i would say that i spend a lot of time in my room with a camera um and a huge lighting setup so i mean you guys can take that for what it is that's that's basically how my daily life is lived and i do things on the internet for kids so <laughs> however <laughs> however you want to interpret that so what inspired you to get into that particular field? Are you just leaving that open? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. That up? <laughs> I mean, they're going to have to check out the channel if they want to, if they want to really get a feel for what it's about. So, I mean, I got into that because, um, I, I honestly was just like in a job that I didn't like. I was in college. I went to Arizona state and I was just like, Hey, I'm tired of working retail. I want to do something that I actually want to do and make a lot of money doing it. So I was like, I just I just so happened to hit the nail on the head with starting a YouTube channel. ASU number one school in innovation, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have a fellow ASU yeah. alum in Tom. He makes it very widely known. So what has been like your most popular video that you've put out there so far on your channel? 
Um, well, my most popular video uh, was two years ago I did this. Um, and it was actually do-it-yourself gemstone soap. So I basically made my own soap um, and cut it into gemstone shapes, like a diamond, um, like a green emerald. So people seem to really like that. I mean, it was kind of random. Like, who would have thought, like, soap gets you a million views, but... Guess that's just how <laughs> how it works. How did you make it? Did you like break into the the factory like they do in Fight Club? <laughs> <laughs> I no, not as exciting. I, I actually, you just melt down glycerin soap, which is just a clear. Spoiler um, alert. I know, right? And then I I put it into a mold and then added dye to it, and then I just used a knife to like whittle little gemstones. Very cool. That is really cool. <laughs> The only DIY craft I ever undertook was I tried to make, and I did, make a stool, a cement stool. So I bought like a bucket from like Home Depot, filled it with cement, and then cut dowels and stuck them in there like a three-prong, like a stool. Wow. Upside down, let it dry, or attempted to let it dry. Ish. (laughs) And then uh, removed that puppy out of there. And I had a stool. There's there's, a, there's photograph evidence that I created one, but we sat on it before it had dried all the way through. So like the inside was still a little bit wet, and um, broke into pieces right in my in my college apartment. Wow. I honestly that that takes a lot of effort because I, that's a really good project to do if it if it would have worked out. If you have better roommates, than Tom had. Yeah, they they were uh, they were encouraging me to sit on it. They were too excited to sit on it themselves Uh, everyone was just really amped up about the stool you know trending worldwide basically yeah (laughs) so tana what i've noticed with your channel is that a lot of your videos like really shine a light on your personal life you've had videos of your house your dog friends whatever do you find it difficult to kind of separate your private life and your personal life on your youtube channel or is that kind of something that you've kind of figured out at this point Okay, well, I mean, I've always wrestled with that. I've always wanted to just be completely honest and talk about my entire life on YouTube because, honestly, I I don't see a point in not doing that. But um, I haven't always been completely honest on my channel, and that is why I'm launching a new series that's kind of going to tell my truth that I haven't told anyone that's kind of like, you know, everyone kind of has different sides to them. Um, well, my, I of course like to do DIY videos, but there's also another side that my viewers don't know that I really want to share with them. So I think I'm ready to, to do that in my new series coming up. And I think that's kind of what people have kind of discovered with YouTube is that like the kind of like the more you open yourself up, the easier it is to kind of connect with people and get more people interested in what you're doing. I think that's an awesome direction that you're going in. Exactly. And the thing is, the one reason I've wrestled with it is because it you can see it as a, it's, it is a marketing move. It's like, hey, you'll get more views if you're more vulnerable. But honestly, I, I truly, uh, I can't think about that. And I don't want to think about what my manager is going to say or what brands are going to say. I really, truly want this series to be the absolute truth of my life because that is the only thing that's going to help people. And that's what's going to 
that's what's just going to connect with people. I honestly just want to help people and change their perspective on things. And so I have to do that a hundred percent honestly in order for it to actually be a success for me personally. So I'm not doing this for views. I'm not doing this for money. I, I just honestly want to connect with people and help them in their, in their life. That's fantastic. And I think people are really well going to connect with that. That was extremely well spoken. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. One of the things that I think always kind of gets brought up about YouTube, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, is the comments section of videos. I think it can get like you know pretty nasty, pretty weird. Um, what's your relationship with the comments section of your videos? Do you look at them a lot, or do you kind of just kind of skim them over? And what what kind of what's your approach to the YouTube comment section? Yeah, I mean, obviously, as you grow, the comment section becomes a place that you no longer want to go anymore. So, for a time, I I actually avoided reading comments at all costs. I wouldn't even look at the comments. I, I became terrified to look at the comments because I just didn't I didn't want people's opinions of me. I didn't want to know. It would ruin my whole day. So that is really what's what's also stopped me from kind of starting the series telling the truth about my life because I was so I'm so worried about what comments I'm going to get but honestly like the whole the whole point I think of of making the series is that I, I'm I'm trying to show like you can't care what people are going to comment about you and that's like the ultimate thing I want people to learn you have to just live your life according to who you are and be your true self and it doesn't matter what anyone says because they're gonna they're gonna love you or or hate you anyway then you just kind of have to be like this is me take it or leave it yeah you know? according to the youtube comments we all suck so oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny to tie it into fantasy football there's kind of a a bit of a debate or not even a debate but a, it's it's a hot button topic right now about people just tweeting at the players yeah. You know, and like giving them uh, grief for not doing well for their oh, fantasy team. Thanks a lot, team. Odell Beckham, for going and breaking your ankle. You <laughs> yeah, jerk. exactly. So it's like, you know, it's his life's work. He puts all of his heart and passion behind it. And because someone gets, you know, one fantasy point less than Joe Schmo needs, they have to deal with it on Twitter every day. So it's interesting, that dynamic. And the comment section of YouTube, I know, can be especially brutal. So more power to you for having a uh, positive outlook on that one yeah. as well. Yeah, keep that thick skin in your new venture too. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Tana? I think that's it. This has been really fun talking to you guys. Well, it's been so much fun having you. It's been so much fun having you in the league. We hope uh, that we can continue to make your uh, your first fantasy football season a little bit better. You can catch her, like I said, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, at TanaMontana100. We will be uh, checking in with you later on this year. Thank you so much, Tana. Have a great night. Thank you so much, you guys, too. Bye. And that's actually going to wrap up our episode. You can catch us on Thursday for our Week 6 preview. You can hit us up on Twitter at RutzFF. Tom's at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I am at Why So Serious. We will see you for Thursday's Week 6 preview. And until then, keep scoring. Baby, we were born to win.